0: are some of the challenges you're noticing in the music industry today nowadays and what would be your advice to young musicians yeah
1: <laughs> well people might uh raise their, their eyebrow or snarl their, their their nostril at me but uh you know i really at the core of of how my belief system is i believe that every challenge is a is a gift you know, it's like every time you fall, it's like, how are you going to get up? You know, you really get to know who you are <laughs> when you get up. Like, that's that's uh, humility and integrity, mm-hmm. you know? I- you know, humility when somebody gives you these three awards, you know, these three Grammy Awards, you know? So everybody's saying, Yeah. But, but you still know who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew who I was before that, and I know who I am now. And thank you. Yes. Just thank you. Yes. And then when, on, on your worst day, it's raining, and you're on the street, and you're on the ground, and everybody's saying, you're worth nothing. You can just smile and say, you know, I know who I am, and I'm going to get up. Uh. You know, in terms of, of, you know, I used to always say there are four things for, for young musicians and old musicians and dogs and cats and horses and, you know, uh, you know, if you can live each moment, live your life with gratitude, like real gratitude, like I am, I am grateful to be here with you with you right now, I don't wanna be anywhere else but right here to be able to have this opportunity to share, like real, real gratitude. That's pretty cool. Good things happen. Number two, if you can live with humility, you know where, you know who you are, (laughs) you know who you are you know, you may be this small, and but you're just part of. You're just part of it. Mm-hmm. You're just part of it. Integrity. You know who you are, and you're part of it, <laughs> right? Uh, and then the fourth thing, uh, to to live your life with no expectation. You know, it's not like okay, I do those three things, and now I'm going to get some stuff. No, you just you're you're, you're present. It's like have intention, have goals. You know, don't, it, uh, it's, it's a subtle difference between the words. Um, you know, I try to, try to live my life like this too, where, you know, I've got my North Star, I know exactly where I want to go, it's right there, and I'm, I'm going to go at it full force. But not with blinders on, because in my route toward that North Star, there might be this other thing over here that I have to stay open to, so I don't want to be too rigid. I need to be flexible and open to say, I never even dreamed of that, but that's where I want to go. But I wouldn't have gotten there unless I had this direction to go over there. No expectation. But anymore, I think all of those four things, gratitude, integrity, humility, no expectation, it really is just being present. It's just presence. And that's what I love about, you know. There's something inherent about jazz music that is about being present. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's in everything, but there's a there's an encouragement in, in the in the threads of the of, of jazz music that is spontaneous. You know, we're we're our our intention is to be in just in, and and the, the, the past was beautiful, but it no longer exists. It helps us to understand the present, but let's make no mistake, it's gone. It's done. It doesn't exist anymore. In the future, be excited about it. See that North Star. Know it's there, but it doesn't exist yet. So the only thing that's real is right now. It's presence. And so all of those things go in together. And so... It's not necessarily specific to music, but if you approach your music like that and approach your life like that, when I've been able to, to live in that, those places and I'm getting better and better at it, uh, amazing things happen, and it's just a joy to be alive. No matter what it is, no matter if, if I've been knocked on the floor or, or you know, some award or whatever. Uh, that's it. You asked me another question. I can't remember what it was.
0: I, I think you've given us, us <laughs> quite a lot. Um, when you were talking about that and being present, it made me think about being on that airplane and allowing yourself to be in that moment and, and the things that it led to. Um, John DeVersa, thank you so much for being my guest and for speaking with me today. It has been an honor.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: So you guys get them all the time. You probably had all these questions or he answered them. How awesome was that? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Do you have any questions for John? Yeah? And say your first name.
1: Um, My first name is Cooper, and I'm going to be a junior. Singing bass tonight will be... <laughs> And one of the questions I have for you is: um,
0: what are some of the hardships you've had as a musician and how have you solved them? Hmm.
1: Oh, you know, I, I, a lot of it I kind of talked about. Uh, you know, struggling with uh, supporting myself and just doing the music and, and, and doing the music that I, that I really wanted to make. Um And that even has to do with, with creating you know I, I remember when, when I was going to make junk wagon. there was a lesson there for me um, we, we had been playing for a while, and I knew I had to record this music. you know it had it had to happen. I had no idea how to do it because I had no money. <laughs> how am I going to do this and there was a there was a l- limiting belief in my head about, you know, I just don't know how to do it. And I remember talking to a wonderful colleague of mine. We were on a recording session for something else. And I was kind of saying, yeah, i got to figure out how, how I'm going to record this stuff. I don't know how I'm going to do it. And, and he said, John, you got to do it. So why don't you actually talk to all your band members? and start brainstorming about how to do it, instead of just looping the same limiting belief in my head over and over and over again, which maybe that's a composer disease because you work by yourself all the time, you know? (laughs) And so I had to open myself up, and, and I did that, and I called every band member, and the amount of love that they showed me, John, you have to do this. We'll do anything for you, anything. I know know a studio, uh, I know somebody, I know this person, and they connected me with everything, and they made it all happen as a community, as a whole entity, and we we were able to do it. So, So the lesson that I learned was to realize that anything's possible, and to get out of my own looping limited beliefs about anything and just reach out to people and ask for help. You know, ask for, or, or even if you don't want to say help, ask to talk it through and have, have somebody reflect some of these things back. Uh, that's happened so many times for me. I don't know when I'm, how I'm going to do this, I don't know. And then you just start talking to people, and because your intentions are so benevolent, you know, doors just start opening. Uh, I think that, you know, people always ask that question, you know, what, w- what would you tell yourself if you were 17 years old again, you know, and, and I, I was just thinking, I, I think you have to kind of relax a little bit, you know, just, just, just relax a little bit and just know that, you know, if you have a sincere, benevolent, passion, direction, motor, taking you to a place that's going to, help people, and even change the world, the universe is going to conspire to make that happen for you. But you have to be proactive about talking to people about it, but with an open mind, not a closed mind like I uh, initially had. Does that kind of make sense? So, I mean, it's kind of a general thing, but that's been uh, a great lesson that, that still comes up for me. It was like, oh, 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 but, but the more it comes up, then I, I, I realize I've gotten myself out of it so many times the same way. I got to call Pamela, you know? <laughs> you know? And I, I don't think she's going to bite my head off if I say, you know what? Uh, I want to do this 160-piece orchestra thing at Idlewild Arts. You think there's a way to do it? What's she going to say? You know, I don't know, but let's talk about it. You know, let's figure it out. So, you know, you, you're not alone. You know, that, that's another thing, like, <laughs> I, you know, we're, we're all these individuated uh, people running around, and, and, and we think we're separate from each other, <laughs> you know? But, which is cool, because then, you know, I get to see, oh, look, you know, here's Carson, and here's me, and I get to see, and Carson gets to see, the, you know, we get to see each other's reflections and see, oh, interesting, you know? Um but then we forget that if we go up a little bit higher, we're all part of the same octopus. <laughs> you know? We're, we're, we're all connected to one another. All is one. And so, you know, if I have this crazy idea, you know, we're just doing this together anyway. So that, that, that's been such a great lesson for me.
0: That's a great lesson to share. Anybody else? All right.
1: Uh, my name is Katie, and one of my questions is, what was it like uh, composing your first piece of music? Mm. I don't know. You know, I used to sit at the piano and write songs and sing, and it was just, actually, you know, I remember <coughs> some of those summers, me and my cousin, uh, when, I, when I was seven, we moved to Oklahoma. That's sometimes, you know, you hear the accent come out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I grew up in Oklahoma and we, w- we would make these uh, tapes and we would do spoofs of commercials and the news and, and so I'd write all these jingles like, you know, Angelina, Angelina, Angelina's pizzeria and I would come up with some, something, you know, and that's kind of where it started and I would listen to radio, you know, jingles and, and just try and come close to playing it on the piano. Uh, so first it was about imitation and... And then I, I think I started writing probably in high school. And a, a lot of it was, you know, imitating a lot of the music that I really liked to listen to and kind of coming close to it. And then I remember uh, writing, we, w- I, I went to Japan with, uh, with a, a student group. You know, the, they have the, the Monterey, uh, what do they call the Mon- Next Generation mm-hmm. Band. In my day, it was called the Monterey All-Stars. And I did it for four years, and we got to go to Japan, <coughs> and we and I had some uh, fish noodles, which didn't agree with me very well, and that inspired me to write a tune called Fish Noodles, and and so I mean, so even then I I just I just heard a melody first, I, I went with what I what I knew the given was I still remember the tune it was so I had that in my head. And then, and then I just started to experiment with, okay, what's the, what's the bass note that would fit underneath that? You know? And, and tried to put those things together. And just piece by piece, it started to seem like maybe this is a composition. And then I went to uh, my band director in high school. And I said, I don't know how to do this, but do you think I could write a tune for the big band? And he said, yeah, do it, do it. And so I just listened to a lot of music, and I actually, I, one of the benefits, I think, for me, in terms of process and development growing up is that I actually, I mean, I remember looking at a, at a few, you know, arranging for big band books, and I kind of went, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, what am I hearing? What am I hearing? It's like I hear... Okay, that makes a chord. I'm hearing some of those notes in there, and I just went at it really slow, but very honestly and sincerely. And I'm so glad I started that way, and I kind of figured out a lot of things on my own to begin with when I was writing. And then when I went to UCLA, I studied classical composition, and they were, you know, doing figured bass, and I said, oh, you, so you call that a one six four chord, and I was calling it Frank. Okay, you know, so <laughs> I spell it this way, and you call it that way. Got it, got it, got it. And so I learned a different language for what I was already doing. Uh, but what I was doing, kind of like the way I discovered that John Lennon writes, you know, it's like, you know, he, he'll, he'll just go to theoretically a chord that does, makes no sense at all, but it sounds good. And I value what sounds good more than what makes theoretic sense. You know, if, if there's a question, A or B, I'm going to choose A. But, it's I- but then it was great to be able to understand B when I needed to be able to, to think my, th- th- my way through a, you know, a, a puzzle. So it was, it's all just, I, I, I think you have to be fearless. I think you have to be uh, willing to, to write something really bad, you know? Just like you have to be willing to play something bad you have to be willing to leap and you have to be willing to fall and then it's about getting up you know know, i think you play a lot of eh, solos before you play a couple ones that are like mm. and i think you have to write a lot of tunes that are kind of like before you write a couple that are like whoa so it's it's just uh, being fearless about failing. What's the worst that's gonna happen? You know, maybe you'll die. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> Any other questions? My name is Emma. Um, what does your practice routine look like? What well, does it look like?
1: I, I wish you hadn't asked that question. <laughs> um, so, you know, honestly, right now, it doesn't look like anything. Um, and it's, it's such a, it's such a, it's something I've really had to come to terms with, especially in the last 10 years after you have a kid, and and you travel as much as I have been, and, you, you know, you're, you're organizing a university, and, and you're writing, and... and uh, to have the space to practice really, has really been difficult. And especially as a trumpet player, like you've got to play every day to really keep any kind of strength together, just like maintenance stuff. And so I was really stressed out about it for, <laughs> for a lot of years. And I tried so many things. Okay, I'm just going to play like five minutes every day. I'm just going to do this one little routine. But like it's not enough to keep me like in, sh- in shape. So in the last five years, I completely just chilled out about it. And I know that, so so basically, and, and the reason I chilled out about it is because everything is practicing for me now. Mm. Everything is music. When I'm in a committee meeting at the university, I am playing with them. <laughs> you know, in a mischievous way, but also playing too. Like, like I will, I will, you know, maybe the, the conversation is kind of like, okay, are we really, are we really gonna lose? and then I will step on somebody's toes just to see what'll happen, you know, and go. And then it'll, s- and, uh, and it's, it's so much fun. Or, or I'll just play point guard and like give a no-look pass, you know, in, in the discussion, and they didn't know it was coming, and, and, and then it's, it's, it steers the, the conversation in a different direction. I mean, everything is music. The way that I, that, that we're talking here. And the way that we're listening to each other and the way that we're hearing each other the way that we're connecting each other that's the way that i play so when we're talking i'm practicing that's a little lofty right but that's because i put in all the time earlier with all the technical stuff so when i practiced you know when i dropped out of school <laughs> and i was i was writing which was practicing of, you know, from 6 to 12, and then after that I would, I would play from, from 1 to 4, generally. And so I had a list of things I wanted to do, same with writing. You know, this week is melodic minor in B week. So I, I, I sing everything first, especially on the trumpet, I think even especially on the piano because you can get away, you can skate because the notes are right there. So I sing everything first. Um, sorry, it's more altered starting on the seventh. I meant to do it on the root. Um, so sing it, then be able to play it, and then and then you know do it in thirds. Uh, sing it first, play it, do it in first. Do it in fourth, do it in fifth, do it in sixth, and do it slow, do it with a metronome, you know. And basically I think the the thing for us all to remember is when you practice, practice small amounts of information and go really deep into it. So maybe I would be practicing practicing I'd put the metronome on, so that it only happens on the and of one. You know? So I have to stay, so I'm working on time, I'm working on the scale, I'm working on really hearing it, just a small amount of information. Instead, because it can get really overwhelming t- trying to do everything at once. Another great tip, too, is, is to organize your practice. Say you only have an hour that day to practice, and maybe that's even uh, luxurious. But let's say you have an hour. Segment it into a disciplined 10-minute segmented practice if you have many things you need to do. 10 minutes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to compose, 10 minutes I'm going to work on this technical etude that I'm working out. But like focused for 10 minutes. 10 minutes I'm going to work on this music theory thing. And I would always give myself a time slot where I could do whatever I wanted to do. Where I could just freely improvise usually. You know, so so it was in balance. It's not all all discipline. There's there's a little bit of of uh, fluidity, too. But if I didn't have a list of the things I wanted to do, then, then when it came to that hour that I had to practice, sometimes I'd forget. So that's really important, too. So it's a good amount of, of discipline and, and then the creativity, too. You know, like, we, we live in this world of, of duality in this plane. You know, we don't know what hot is unless we know what cold is, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, dark and light. Um, and with I- I- it's similar with with cognition and intuition. I should say intuition and cognition, left and right. Um, I like the analogy of the paint and the wall. You know, music is like this, and life is like that. So, so the structure the, the cognition, the method, the discipline—that's the wall that's sturdy, and, and you can count on it, it's going to be there no matter what. And, but by itself, it's just not all that artful. <laughs> it's just a wall. It's just a function. And then you've got paint, like butterflies. You ever try and catch a butterfly? <laughs> I mean, they, they are not to be caught. They're just to be inspired by. You let, so, so going back to the paint, you know, if you throw the paint without the wall being there, nobody ever gets to see it. Nobody ever gets to see the creation. But if you throw it on the wall, then the wall will, will be the structure that it can sit on, and now we can actually admire it and see it. So practicing, writing, creating, I think both those elements have to be in play. And I think that everybody progresses in that way, you know, Some people gravitate toward all the thinking stuff first. And that's awesome. And they'll get to a certain point and then they'll kind of plateau. And they, you know, say, why? Okay, well, you need to work on the intuition parts. And there are exercises to do on both sides. You know, you need to open yourself to being fluid and, and, and letting the innovation come in. And then when that starts to happen, you've got a whole new level. And then maybe that even starts to go like this, and then like, you're not getting any better. Why is that? Because you've got to go back and look at technique and structure and method and go back to the discipline and bring that up. And guess what's next? And it never ends. And it's a stepladder that goes forever. Sure. So being aware of that in your practice, I think, is important.
0: I want to thank all the students for coming by, giving up your time like this. Thank you, John, for sharing your wisdom and your experience. And it's just been a, a, a wonderful evening. Thank you all very much.